We're going to start a, a new series for four weeks, and I'm actually doing this uh, series at Kirk and Timmock on a Sunday night at the moment. I'm just so blessed, oh, and so been blessed. But uh, we're going to, it's a series of encouragement, so we're going to start with a song. All right, let's have this song that I'm not really sure you've heard of before. Let's have a go at it. Well, give me a home with a buffalo wrong. Okay. Oh, oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam and the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all rubbish, isn't it? There's no such home as that. There's somebody, somebody put another verse to it. Get the next verse up, Sandra. Or give me a church where the folks in the lurch are encouraged and healed from above. There seldom is heard a discouraging word and the truth is now modelled in love. Well, that's what we really want, isn't it? Or give me a church where the folks in the lurch are encouraged and healed from above. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the truth is no model for love. Well, good to home, home and arranged. <laughs> just keep it that just now. That's good. It's just to, to bring to our minds, we'd love to have a home where there is never heard a discouraging word. We'd love to have a church that's really modelled in love. And that's a kind of basis on which we come to this. Now, I haven't got a Bible reading to begin with, but we're going to be reading parts going through them. I'm going to try and get through as much of this as I can. So, my printer, I was not realising that I didn't have any black ink left. And I'm not able to give you some uh, sheets today, so you might just have to take it. Next week, I'll get it for you next week. There's a lot to take on board. But we come to the next slide, which asks a very important question. Thanks, Sandra. Why is encouragement so important? Before we go into that, let's just ask the Lord to really guide us today. We thank you, loving God, that you've done so much for us. And there are so many things to discourage us in life. And perhaps even today, as we have come together, there are things that are pulling us down. And yet you want to lift us up. And we pray that you'll do that for us today, Lord. That we pray that even in this inclement weather, that we'll go with the sunshine of the presence of Jesus in each of our hearts. That you will just come alongside us and give us your wonderful blessing. We pray for Roz too. We hear that she's done something to her hip. We pray for your healing for her. And we might see her and the family back here again, Lord. And we just pray that you restore her to health and strength again. We thank you, Lord, for wee Rory, for his birthday yesterday, and for all the good things that have been happening in that household. And we just pray your blessing upon the word of God that we might hear from you today. In Jesus' name. Let's sing happy birthday to this boy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Rory. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Good, good. 
Well, why is encouragement so important? I think there are various reasons why encouragement is so important. The next slide will tell us, Sandra, why it's important. For lack of it, people lack motivation. They don't really get moving in the things that God wants them to be involved in. People fail to reach their full potential. People feel unappreciated. People lose an adhesion factor in the relationships. Relationships can break up very often for lack of encouragement. And people give in to the pressures of hostility. And people remain a surface community. What I mean by a surface community is that people have layers. And they show these layers to other folk and nobody can really get right into their hearts. But a word of encouragement can peel off some of these layers and allow them to open up to other people as well. So encouragement is just so important. So what we're actually saying there is a basic human need. We all need desperately to be encouraged. And the next slide shows us something else. It's also an essential biblical ministry. It's found in the Old Testament. So all I'm doing is just giving you a wee sort of taster of these things in the Old Testament. Don't try and look them up. I'll be going too quickly with it. But Isaiah 1.17 says this. Learn to do right, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. In that verse it says, I want you, says God, to encourage the oppressed. Encourage those who are oppressed. Deuteronomy 3.28 says this. But commission, this is God speaking to Joshua. Commission, sorry, to Moses. Commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him. For he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. God is saying to Moses about Joshua. I want you to encourage this man. I want you to strengthen him as a leader. Because he's going to be the one that takes the fall into the promised land. Second Samuel, sorry, back there, back there Sandra. Second Samuel 19 verse 7. Here is Joab, the commander of David's army, coming up to David the king who has just lost his son Absalom. If you know the story in the Bible, you know that David loved that son in particular. Remember he cried, Oh Absalom, Absalom, would to God that I had died for you. And it was a terrible morning for many, many days. And, and Joab the commander goes up to him and says in 2 Samuel 7, 19 verse 7, Now go out and encourage your men. I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a man will be left with you by nightfall. Joab is saying to David, David, you need to encourage your soldiers. You need to encourage these men. Get out there just now and encourage them or by tonight... There will be nobody left to fight with you. Such was the importance of encouragement at that point. And in Samuel, Psalm 10 and verse 17. You hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry. So here's a psalm that says, God, you're in the business of encouragement. Do that for us, God. You're the one that listens to our cry. And that's so. The next slide, Andrew. Because you find it's in the New Testament as well. It's an essential biblical ministry, not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. 
And so you find these verses in the New Testament, Hebrews 3 and verse 13. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 is so well known to many Christians. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And lastly there, 1 Thessalonians 4.18. Therefore encourage each other with these words. Paul just been telling them about Jesus coming again. And the, the Thessalonians are really broken in heart. People have died in their families. And they don't know where they're going. Because they expected Jesus to return at any time. And what's happening to our loved ones, Paul? They've all died and Jesus hasn't returned. And he tells them about the return of Christ and the place of the Christian. And they'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And we will all, we will all be with the Lord. Those who are alive, uh, that he's coming, will be caught up to meet him. And those who have gone before will be brought with Jesus. And will all be reunited in a resurrection body. And Paul says, I want you to encourage the believers with these words about the second coming of Christ and so you find it's in the Old Testament and the New Testament and that brings us to the next question is, is what does it mean to encourage and the answer is it's an act of inspiration inspiring others with renewed courage a renewed spirit a renewed hope a courage transfusion it's what one commentator calls it but don't we all need a transfusion of that don't we a real courage transfusion. Uh, and you see there, the dictionary actually says, that's the act of inspiring others, but the dictionary says, you know that N word, the N part of encouragement is so important. Because the N part means in. To put courage into somebody's life. I can't think of a greater thing to do than to put courage into somebody's life. And that's the kind of thing that God wants to do for you. He wants to do that for me. That's a so much important part. You may, be, you may remember I told you, I'm sure I've told you before, that I started life in the grocery trade at 15 years of age. And the first thing you had to do in the grocery trade was go on the bike. Do you remember these bikes? Maybe you don't remember bikes, I don't know. But we had these bikes with a bit in the front and you shoved a basket in the front and you loaded up your basket and I had to take these messages, these groceries to folk and I tell you the weather was the worst it could like today. The weather was like that. And I was dressed up in these yellow oil skins and I had a Sue Wester hat. Do you remember Sue Wester hats? It would run off the back of your head. And all this stuff. Even in the snow I was taking these messages out. And sometimes the bike would, would slide under me. Other times I would go along the road and with the basket on the front I wouldn't see what was coming, the hole in the road and then the bike would go into the hole the basket would go up in the air and all the messages on the road and I said, I don't have it enough of this and I was, this was going on for about a year I said, when did I get in the shop to serve the customers? And I was getting so fed up I said to this Christian lady in Bathgate Baptist Church, I said, I'm going to give this up I'm not going out on that bike anymore in all kind of weathers. And I always remember standing at the front door of the shop. It was about half past eight in the morning. We were just opening up. And the supervisor came. Everybody was in fear and dread of the supervisor. But he stood there at the front door as the manager was opening the door. And I was there and other students were there. You know what he said to me? He said, Alec, I'll not be satisfied till I see you in a white coat. You know what a white coat meant? A manager. 
And I said, I'm not giving up. I'm going to stay here. This guy sees me not as a message boy. He sees me as a manager. I'm going to stay with it. And I stayed with it for seven years. And it was really tremendous. That really, really, that really got me going. So it's a basic human need. It's an essential biblical ministry. And we've sought to define it. And the answer is, where do we go from here? Where do we go? The next slide. Where do we go from here? And the answer is personal encouragement. I think you'll agree with me. You cannot encourage anybody else if you're not encouraged. If you are discouraged, if you are disheartened or downheartened, you're not going to encourage anybody else. And that's what our talk is about today. Our sermon's about you being encouraged, me being encouraged, to be able to reach out to other folk. We're thinking today of personal encouragement. You can't do it unless you are encouraged. And perhaps you're here terribly discouraged. Perhaps you're up the creek without a paddle. Or something like that. Completely discouraged by some nasty hurting remark. Or or wondering why in the world you're here today. And tomorrow another Monday. Another working week. And that can be discouraging at times when you meet other folk and they're disgruntled because it's Monday. I always remember when I was at college, I used to go in and work in the shops again. And I would go into a car with other folk who were going to Broxburn to the shop. And nobody spoke to each other. It was Monday morning. It took them about three days to thaw out. Monday was the worst day of the week and nobody was speaking. And it was a real, a real t- terrible strain having to go in that car with them. But let me un- introduce you to someone who felt worse than that. You know his name. He was a soldier. And he was on the run. And while he was on the run in a cave, guess what happened? 400 men gathered around him. And of that 400 men, some of them were in debt. Some of them were discontent. Uh, And some of them were discouraged. They were in debt and distress and discontented. And of course that person was, what was his name? King? Well he wasn't a king then. David. In a cave. And I'm sure David could have said when he saw these 400 folk in debt, discontent, distressed. I'm sure David could have said, I don't need this. I could do without this. Because you see, David was a fugitive. He was running away from Saul. And this other 400 men, they were running away from debt, discouragement, discontentment. And David could have said, I do not really need this. He never said that. He gathered those 400 fugitives running away from death, this discontent and distress, and he made them into the finest army. There's a passage in, in Chronicles that tells you how good that army really was. He never said, I don't need this. He said, I can do something with this lot. I can really do something with them. And of course what happened was, the day came when David got fed up running away from Saul. So fed up with it, he said to the Philistines, the enemy, I want to come in your sight. Can you imagine David and his men going on to the side of the the Philistines? And the Philistines said, okay, uh, you can come on our side, we'll we'll give you a place. And the place was called Ziklag. Bring your wives, bring your children, bring the lot, and you can have that area to live in. And that's what they did. 
So David took his wives and other soldiers took their wives, took the kids and they all dwelt in this place called Ziklag. A good name for Scrabble, I would say that that name was Ziklag. Anyone never mind. And they all lived in this area. And then the day came when the Philistines went out to fight with Saul. And David says, we want to go with you. And so they went out with his 400 men, maybe more men than that, I don't know. And they went out to fight Saul. And one of the commanders of the Philistines said, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. I don't think David and his men should be here. What happens if halfway through this battle, David and his men suddenly turn around and fight for Saul? We're, we're a goner. Send them home. So they sent them home. They sent them home to think again, as the song says. They sent them home to, to Ziklag. And as they were coming to the, to the town, to the village or the city, what did they see? Nothing but smoke and fire. The wives, the kids were gone. Everything in the camp had disappeared. They had been attacked by the Amalekites. Now if you've got a Bible with you, let's look it up at 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Because we find there some tremendous help along the way for our lives. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And what's actually happening there, you'll see it there in, in chapters 30 of 1 Samuel and verse 4. It says there, So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. They came and there was nothing left. No wives, no kids. The Amalekites had been there and taken away the lot of them. And they were inconsolable. You couldn't console David and his army. Now that's bad enough. But if you read there at verse 6, at the first part of verse 6, it says there, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking about stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. As well as losing your wife and your kids, you find that your army that have stood by you, they want to stone you to death. This is not a good hair day, is it? This is not a good day for David. And so David has nobody to console him. His men are not consoling him. His wives are not there to console him. Nobody's there to console him. But look at the, verse, the end of verse 6. But David found strength in the Lord his God. The older King James Version says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Isn't that good? And we've got to encourage ourselves. In the, there's no other place to find that encouragement that we need. We need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. That's what David had to do. He found his strength there. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And sometimes we find that in our own lives, that there's no other family members coming around us to encourage us. Perhaps they're all against us in terms of our faith or, or where we're actually going with the Lord. And there's nobody else around to encourage us. But David said, I found encouragement 